You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to Two in the One Horse Open Sleigh. It's a very special episode of Two in the Think Tank. A very special Christmas Eve episode. I'm dreaming of a white think tank. Chris-special? A white think tank? I think you're referring to the Institute for Public Affairs. You did it, Andy. You did it to everybody. (laughs) Everybody's going to get that. Even people in Australia. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let let the he who who is not a white think tank cast the first stone. I think I'm not in a good position to be. Um, anyway, let's move off this topic. Where today we're only coming up with Christmas ideas, Christmas sketches. Um. Yeah, that's right. Oh, is that is that right? Okay, well, we'll I think I think what we'll do, Andy, this is how I'm going to approach this because yeah, I feel right. it feels restrictive. <laughs> right, great. Because when I texted you yesterday and I said, "Why don't we do a Christmas episode?" I and you said, "Great, sounds good." I assumed we were completely on the same page that we would be coming up with Christmas sketches. Okay, well, that's great. And if that's what you want, that's what I'm going to do. But but I am still going to come up with. Regular ideas, and then I'm going to make them Christmas year. Well, this is the thing. As we know from Die Hard, every, everything can be a, a... Every sketch is a Christmas sketch if you set it at Christmas. Exactly. So, don't worry. Exactly. So, like, it could be a guy who's riding his bike. He's a teenager, mm. and he's and he's, like, trying to get up onto the curb, and so he's, like, jumping his bike up onto the curb, which is mostly just lifting your front wheel and then letting the back wheel hit the thing. Oh, go, oh like that. And from that impact, uh, his testicles are twisting in his ball bag, <laughs> and and then it creates a lot of pain. This is some. This is a fear my mom put in my in my mind when I was a kid. Wow! The, around the very specific situation of jumping up onto a curb, or is it just with your bike? Yeah, yeah. So your mom said, "Hey, because it had you happened know to another mom, kid. This happened to a kid, right? Doing this. Your mom is." Confuses correlation with causation a lot, I feel. Um, didn't she have the actually, thing about Andy, somebody or other ate, ate a it's banana? It's funny that you should bring that up, because, Andy, Andy, if you, if you actually notice, every time that there is causation, There's also- there actually is correlation. <laughs> so actually, correlation causes ca- causation. <laughs> oh, but that could be a coincidence. I know, I know, Alastair, that historically, correlation and causation have been linked but I think it would be foolish to leap to the conclusion that, oh, just because correlate, wherever there's causation, there's also correlation, just because that has happened in the past. That seems anecdotal. I don't know if anybody's yeah. looked well, into this. Well, you know, I knew a guy who actually confused... Um, he actually thought that corrugation was causation. 
corrugation does not equal causation. Yeah. I was driving and over a really rough road, and then one of the screws undid in uh, in the uh, in, in my glove box, and the glove box fell off. Right. That it was because really of the bumping. corrugation. And it was because of the corrugation. So I'm pretty sure. Oh, my friend. No. No. <laughs> no. You poor simple uh, soul. You simple. The corrugation does not mean causation. And you oh, know what makes this? A, you know what makes this a Christmas sketch is because. What's that? Well, he was driving on driving Christmas through Day. the outback back in a rusty Holden Ute, <laughs> just in like that Aussie Jingle Bells. Oh, I've never heard that one. In a rusty Holden Ute, it's just you know, um, Christmas time is esky in the boot. You know all that crap. It's just like imagine what an Australian Batman, version of Jingle Batman Bells. Batman laid an egg. Yeah, that's right. It's nothing more Australian than Bruce Wayne. The most Australian mm, name is Matt Stewart. Matt Stewart. Stewart. Matt Stewart. Alistair, this episode is going really well. And I mean that. Yeah. I'm incredibly sincere. I'm incredibly <laughs> sincere. Christmas I'm is not even sure if you're joking honesty. when you're saying you're being incredibly sincere. I, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so far, this has ticked every box, all my boxes, even my secret intimate box that nobody knows about. My G-box. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, the one can, up in somewhere you can reach by putting your finger in your eyes. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. When you meet a new, a new beloved, a potential beloved, yes. they have to tick a lot of boxes. But there is, of course, the G box, the one box that they can tick. That will. That means it's like the golden snitch. None of the other boxes mm. matter. They they can achieve approval, a full hundred <gasps> percent score of approval, by ticking the one. The one box you know, that is. Andy, I have a question. Prostate. Why don't they make the whole, the yes. whole rectum out of the G box? <laughs> <laughs> Why do have to rummage in there and find it? <laughs> it would make more sense to make the whole thing out of something that feels good when you touch it. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's the risk with the rectum. I think that, you know. Do you think that somewhere along, uh, like, in evolution, right, there was a creature whose whole, like, rectum or whatever is it, that part Mm. right inside, you know, right right across the other side of the door, Mm. um, that was all G-spot. The atrium, the foyer, the lobby. The lobby. The the rectal lobby. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) the rectal concierge. That's a turd. (laughs) Oh, can I help you? Can I help you with anything? Tickets to see the Knicks? You've, you've heard of the Matra D? Well, I'm the Matra A. <laughs> the Matra P. Mm. What's the P stand for in your version? Poo. Poo? Poo? Oh, great. Nice. I assume Matra D, the D is for dick? I guess so, yeah, but I didn't... I, I said that this is the Matra What? I don't a. guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I suppose that probably is right. Um, um, so, but then, every time that thing would go to the toilet, it would yes. like have like I guess rect- rectal orgasms or something like that. Mm, and then sure. it would. So then, when it got the urge to to procreate, the urge to purge. The, oh, the urge to splurge. Yeah, no, no, the urge to procreate. Yes. Right, the horniness then that would end up being satisfied by going to the toilet mm. by pooping. And so yes. then that thing would just die out. Yeah, but... And, 
And that's probably why evolution killed the, you know, this is, you know, like the oil industry killing the, the electro, electric vehicle. This is evolution <laughs> killing the full G-spot rectum animal. Yeah. No, I think you're right, Alistair. And I think, you know, it might be possible. And, like and that creature to go was into a reindeer. Uh, <laughs> that was the last, that was the last one. Um, that's great. The last reindeer? Oh, yeah. the, the last creature to have the full pleasure behold. I love this Christmas episode. <laughs> I, uh, I think there is a sketch, maybe not one that we would do, Alistair. Yes. Maybe one that someone else would do. Amy, which is, you, know, you know what's great about that? Is that we actually almost do no sketches. Yeah. So you could say that before every sketch idea. Yeah, well, except for the bit about other people doing it, because almost none of our sketches get done by other people either. But sure, Alistair, but that doesn't... Hey, Andy, long before, after we're gone, these sketches will live on. Well, that's the thing. You know, and so there's the eternity. We're going to send one off on a... On a oh, we should send make it, it our to, mission uh, uh, to, aliens. to send one off into space <laughs> and have them on a satellite that broadcasts into deep space. Could we, could we do the first sketch on the moon? Do you think that could be yeah. something? I, I mean, it feels it feels very doable. We know Elon likes comedy, right? Yes. And he loves being flattered. All we got to do is flatter him. Yes. Um, we got to do it before he like he lets us sink onto the moon or whatever. Let that sink into the moon. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that would be the first sketch on the moon? Well, it could be if Elon's in charge. Yeah. Because it's like the comedy's not illegal on the moon yet. No. So he'll, that's still, the kind of joke that you can do. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be that'd be so good for like one of those truly edgy comedians, you know, someone who's really pushing the boundaries, like Jimmy Carr. Yeah. Oh, he's really. Yes, of course. That's re- that would be really difficult though, pushing the boundaries on a place where there's no boundaries, like the moon. Well, I... if, if comedy's if comedy's not illegal, like it I... is here on Earth, yeah. Well, that's then what there I love are no boundaries. It. I love about it. That you so then he go. can't even push a boundary pushing <laughs> comedian would just fall over. I think a genius like Jimmy Carr could do it. I've seen <laughs> some of his recent stuff where he just reads yeah. out jokes think... he's been given by people in the audience, and then uh, and then reads out another joke he's been given by people in the audience to the people who've paid to come and see him. And I think oh, he's, he's one of those. I mean, he's one of those real boundary-pushing comedians. One of those comedians who's not afraid to say what his writers have written down. <laughs> to say what all his writers are thinking. Yeah. <laughs> that Jimmy Carr, he's just saying what we're all thinking. Oh, by the way, I'm one of the writers in Jimmy Carr's writer's room. Um, anyway. I think I think the idea of a comedian who's had to go to the moon because it's the yeah. only place where you can still s- do real comedy, do real jokes. Yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then I think see I think the sketch is that and then seeing the big setup, the amount of work that's gone into it, the huge expense to put this edge lord comedian on the moon. Uh, yeah. and I guess fly a whole audience up there as well. Right? Yeah. But then also seeing that the jokes that they're doing are still the same hack shit that every edgy comedian thinks is good. Just complaining about things being woke. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, I heard they cancelled the uh, song uh, Ba Ba Black Sheep. You can't say that anymore. Because apparently it's racist, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And everybody goes, <laughs> well, I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you've got to say Ba Ba Sheep of Colour now. Something like that. That'd be great. Yeah, oh, you've got to say Ba Ba... Um, you know, I guess transparent or something like that. <laughs> oh, but that's probably offensive to ghosts. <laughs> that's really good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. This is a great sketch. And how is it Christmassy, Alistair? Well. Well, you see Santa. You see Santa fly by on his reindeer <laughs> on Christmas Eve. With yeah, his reindeer, because that's he. Because he, he goes above the atmosphere. Mm. Um, of course, so that, can, that makes less, so much less sense. Wind resistance. Yeah, less. And, and also, it would be probably be better that when the vacuum of space <laughs> evaporates all of his and and the uh, and the reindeer's blood um, by there being so low pressure. Yeah, and that would be good. A lot less weight to carry. Yeah, of course. That's that's it's... how Santa can be so chubby and be pulled by just a bunch of animals. Mm. It's it's mostly blood weight. <laughs> I've been putting I'm on a lot of blood blooded. recently. Oh, how about that? A blood blister all over your body. How, would you, how do you I feel think, did about? Did we come up with a guy that? who was all blood blister? Did we? I feel like that's something we've discussed. Oh, I mean, it feels jolly. It feels very Christmassy. Yeah. <laughs> blood. Well, because he'd be all red. Well, I mean, oh, you know what? They're, that more, would be they're more sort of were, a blackish blue. Striped, though, aren't they? If you were striped bl- blood blister and then regular blisters, this would be a great new kind of temporary ta- tattoo type thing. Yeah, right. A new fashion thing, the blood blister, and you could, you know, as you say, get it, get it all over you in the shape of Santa's clothing. Is that was that what you were mentioning? But, well, that no. But I was talking about having a regular blister, which is white as well. Yeah, well, and that would be some the, of the white areas. Exactly. The exactly. end of the the hat, the rim of the hat, mm. maybe the edge of the <laughs> bottom of the jacket, the trimming, all the trimming. So this is a sketch beard. in which, this is a sketch in which um, it's an office Christmas party, right? And yeah. for whatever reason, they they accidentally shred the Santa costume for the guy who's going to be Santa for the office office Christmas party. Yeah. They don't know what to do, but then earlier in the day, somebody had pinched their finger, the tip of their finger, in the edge of a stapler and got a bright yeah. red blood blister. And they and the, the boss is there. He's He knows everyone's expecting to see Santa Claus come out at the party, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to let them down. And, and he looks at the blood blister on this person's figure, and he looks at a big box of staplers, and then he looks at... Um, <laughs> it's three uh, PAs and then he looks at a diagram of the human body and then he looks at a picture of Santa Claus and then he looks at a uh, a computer screen containing the words <laughs> blood blister Santa Claus costume and re- with, re- with regular blisters for the what? with regular blisters for the he looks at another he looks at a notebook that has that written down on it yeah <laughs> You know, you know what I like? I, I, there's a one thing detail I would love to add. I think that instead of somehow tearing up the, the Santa costume, the work had somehow said, 
we're no costumes for Christmas this year. We're not doing costumes oh, anymore. Oh, yeah, okay. Like that. And then he's found a way. He's like, well, I don't need a costume. I can be in the nude it's a and loophole. covered in blood blisters and regular blisters and still be dressed up as Santa because <laughs> he loves Christmas cheer. Yes. And I think <laughs> and the moment in... in which the blood blister Santa Claus comes out into the middle of the party yeah. and everyone stops to look at him. And then the party goes great. He's naked, by the way, as well, with blood He's naked, blood but it's, all, it's, up and down all his, his genitals are covered by blood blisters. <laughs> technically, technically, does that mean he's not exposing himself? Well, I think that's so, not yeah. my penis. My penis is behind a blood blister. It's yes, concealed. that's right. A, it's a puffy, this is a puffy skin that's gone mm. over. And it'd be nice if maybe somehow in the beard, so that it's not just colour, maybe he, had a, he could somehow pinch a lot of skin tags into his kind of beard area and they all get blistery or or somehow slice the skin off from underneath his chin and have that hang down like a beard (laughs) 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 I knew you'd like that I knew I knew that'd get you going I I know what you like but how do you how do you get flappy skin to blister? Does it still blister if you get enough heat on it? Is it like crackling? There's only one way to find out. I reckon. Well, maybe you get the blisters going first, and then yeah. you slice the skin flap off. You, get you probably got to do that. Of course, yeah. But then you got to you got to close. You got to. It's like you got to the... you got to cream the butter and the and the sugar before you add the eggs. This is basic. You do your wets, then your dries. Blood blister Santa Claus 101. Yeah, this is... <laughs> this is BBSC 101. Uh, another, sa- another Christmas thing that there should be is there should <laughs> be a, a specific Christmas mythical figure who only delivers yes. batteries. We should introduce this to the Christmas ethos, mythos, mm. is that there's a, a secondary jolly old elf. Um, yeah. Who who What's brings that? the batteries, or maybe shits them out onto the floor? There could be some oh, kind like, of like a rabbit, that like lays a rabbit, eggs, exactly. Like a, maybe like a like a gecko or something like that, mm. or like a, you know, an iguana, some sort of electro vampire iguana that comes and puts its fangs into the power point and drains yep. electricity and shits out batteries. And so when the kids come out in the morning, there's a little scattering of batteries, including button batteries, which we know they love to eat, uh, all over the floor. Children. Oh, it would be such a nice snack for the children. Just something to nibble on. they liked it. So mum and dad don't have to get up straight away. Oh, just go eat some of the batteries, you could say. Some of the button batteries. Yes. Um, Yeah, I was trying to find... What kind of, I was trying to find types of batteries so that you could, um, so that I could come up with a name. Lithium, lithium ion. What's ion. Li? No, NiCad. NiCad. Nickel, cadmium. Nickel. Lead acid. Nickel, MH, lead acid. NiCad. Well, the, the, the lead acid, um. Fairy. Iguana. <laughs> yes. Fairy. Fairy's good. Oh, you, you know it. what? It'd be great for a thing for Mrs. Claus to do. Oh, of course. <laughs> she she you know, shits out the batteries, does she? Yeah. Um, That's exciting. Because, well, because 
It's Does she still crazy. have fangs that she, that she puts into the pole? She never gets to leave the South Pole or the North Pole. Mm. She not even in the off season. She never. You never hear of her leaving. And so yeah. now she's opening up her own thing. She's seen a flaw in everything that Santa does. Mm, the Santa which flaws. Which is that... The Santa flaws. <laughs> and, but it's spelled and she's F-L-A-U-S-E. F-L-A-U-S-E. Mm. It's really good. The Santa flaws. Andy, <laughs> they need Christmas movies every year. They need them. They need them. That's the one kind of movie that they actually need. They need... Christmas movies and Christmas songs. I think if I gave up everything else and just dedicated myself to trying to write Christmas songs, I'm sure I've come up and said this on the podcast before, I reckon yeah. I could write good ones. Good enough. Good enough yeah. to meet that need. You could. I mean, imagine, like, this is the end of your life. It's not the end, but it's close. Yeah. <laughs> it's the last 10 years, right? And you're getting interviewed on the news. And you're an old guy, you know, and like, not old in the way that you kind of already seem old now. Like you already seem like an elderly man, but in the young man's body. I mean, yeah. you're actually now a very elderly man in a sort of regular elderly man's body. <laughs> you know, and um, you, you, they, the news is interviewing you, and they're saying, this is the man of 10,000 Christmas songs. And, you know, and, they're, and then you're kind of, you're taking them through your workshop where you've mm. written some of them down. You've got big stacks of paper and you've got yeah. places where you, you know, you write things down, pieces of paper. You've got a little conductor's thing for yourself where you kind of, you conduct. <laughs> in the conduct mirror. In front of a, you know, yeah. And then you, then there's like ch- empty chairs there. And then you run and you go into the chair and you sort of play an instrument. Wow, and then you I run back quite to the talented. Thing. Eh? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, we don't know how well you're playing it yet. <laughs> okay. But, you know, you also sound insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny you didn't point it. that out. No, I'll take it. But, and then, and they're like, "Oh yeah," and then you're singing a few for them and things like that. But then the the whole thing is happening because you've just had your first hit. This was the whole point of your whole life. Yes. You decided to dedicate. You're like, I knew mm. that I could do it at some point, mm. and you've had your first, uh, you know, number one hit. You know, because Christmas songs, you know, like all I want for Christmas, that makes it to number one almost every year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you could reason. do that. Mm. No, that's um, exciting. I don't, I don't know if that. Do you think that's a sketch in some way? <laughs> I think it needs an extra twist in the end there. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, the, like, the idea of a guy the world who dedicates ended, his life to or, eh? the world has ended. It's the sure, day it, before an asteroid hits the Earth, but I still make it to number one. At the moment, well, it's the, maybe maybe she's saying that it was the most listened to song of mm. you know twenty twenty fifty four or something like that. Yeah, but then it reveals that okay. we're the only then, two people left on Earth. Me, we're the only two people a, left on Earth. Yeah, <laughs> and a music journalist. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. And now that's a comedy sketch. Now that's a, now that's comedy right there. Earlier maybe. we were talking about. Um, uh, uh, cause and effect, which of course made me think of Santa cause. Now we know that we've already successfully made one great Christmas movie by adding a letter to the word clause. Right? And well, we Santa also took one letter away. Don't e forget that. It wasn't for clause. What's oh, that? Cl- we also took a letter away. The Santa clause. Well, hang on. Listen. Wait. 
you're not. Oh, I thought not, you were talking about Santa Flaws. No, oh yeah, we did do that as well. That's true. But okay. I'm talking about the Santa Claus, the movie, with yeah. Tim Allen, right? So, oh, so is that actually supposed to be Santa Claus? Well, it's Santa Claus, C L A U S, right? That's what Santa. That's how his name yeah. is spelled. But they added an E on the end to make it Santa Claus, as in. Yeah. So then, it's normally the name should be Santa Claus. Probably, yeah. Well, I think it originally it was Sinterklaas, maybe yeah. in in German or Dutch or something like that. Yeah. But I think we should explore with adding or removing other letters from the word clause, C L A U S, to yeah. see what <laughs> what else we can achieve. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, what about Santa B clause? No, I thought it was because, and then I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. And then I started to say it, it didn't come out. Perfect. Well, just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just Claus. Mm, Santa, so, just Claus. Santa. Satan. Well, Satan Claus must have been done, definitely. Mm, Santa Claus. Um, Santa. C A. Comma US California California United States. I'm enjoying yeah, this. Wait. This is very fruitful. This line that I've made, forced us to pursue, Alistair. <laughs> wait, okay, look. Santa Claus Clausu, Santa Clausy, <laughs> Santa Claus, Santa Clausy. I think that almost feels like something. It's like someone who's close to being Santa Claus, yeah, but not quite Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus. Brilliant. There, there, there will be somewhere at every major yeah. motion picture studio, there is a team of people trying to come up, spend the whole year trying to come up with Christmas puns that they can base a fucking movie on. I guarantee to you that that is the only part of the media universe in which you need the title or you haven't got a fucking film. Right? Sure. You need to have, you know, Father Christmas. Uh, let's see, Father Christmas, <laughs> Mother Christmas, uh, Father, br- Brother Father, Christmas, love, Brother, Brother Christmas, yeah. Cousin Christmas, Further, Further Christmas, Further, ma- Father, Father, Farmer, Father. Farmer Christmas. Farmer it's not Christmas. quite good. It's not quite a pardon, but it'll do. Oh, Get Reese Witherspoon on the phone. Father, Father, <laughs> Christmas. See, I would enjoy a sketch <laughs> that is this. Yeah. Maybe it's just Father for me, Shis- but. Christmas. Father, Miss, Miss, Mahistmas. This is the guys. They're in the they're in the the think tank. This this is the whole sketch. What we're doing right now, and it's people coming up with Christmas puns. And then trying to pitch, you know, then they're put on the spot by the room to say, well, what's the film about Father for Histmas? For Histmas. I think you can write Cl- that down. What about Christmas? Oh, I'll write it down. Earlier on, uh, I was. Christmas? Christmas? You know, they were, they change the R and make it an L. Christmas. Silent night, but it's K N I G H T. But they also, I'm not, I'm not tw- twisting it in some 
racist way. They say it all the fa- father <laughs> Christmas. I didn't hear any racist element to this. Good, good. And don't you start. <laughs> don't start hearing it. Don't play this back. Um, oh. Earlier I was thinking, I was trying to pitch to you a sketch that we wouldn't do, but someone else might, which is a, it's just, yeah. it's just that scene on uh, where Mary has just given birth, right, to the baby Jesus. And Joseph... These three fucking kings show up at the door, right? Three men claiming to be kings. Yeah. And he's, like, he's letting them in. Like, she's just given birth. Mm. I mean, uninvited pop-in guests, people you don't even know, you're like, yeah, Yeah. no, come on in to the... Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to get into the... These days, to get into the, the birthing suite... That's true. As or are you guys going to put on masks? Yeah. I mean, look, I guess if you're in some dirty manger... Dirty manger. Right? Firstly, you probably don't even know who owns the manger. Yeah. And, and if there's kings, you probably... If you're back in those days where kings could just slaughter anybody... Yeah. You probably sure. learn a healthy respect towards kings. Well, they're kings... three of them. Kings from the Orient, right? Kings of Orient are... And oh, I don't recognise your authority here. Well, do they have diplomatic immunity? I'll well, have true. diplomatic immunity, so they can. I have. I they have can diplomatic immunity. Is any one of them Russian? Yeah, that's right. South African was it? Was it the Lethal Weapon? Was it South African? The guy with the diplomatic immunity. I don't know. I don't I remember. Think in that movie, lethal meant he weapon. could just do whatever the fuck he wanted. I'm not sure cool. if that's how diplomatic it's immunity works. It's pretty cool works. that we give some people that. I know, South Africans. <laughs> but, but we give some people South Africans. Yes. Um, it's, a, it's a bit odd that it's like... Because like, the idea when you give somebody diplomatic immunity, the idea behind it is that they won't... They won't go just go out and commit murders. Mm. There you go. We'll give you this, but don't commit any murders, okay? Yeah. Be reasonable. But why would you be reasonable? You've got immunity. You've got immunity. You've got more power than God. Maybe the prime minister. Yeah, you can you can eat the prime minister. If you that want. would be legal for you to do, or you won't you won't get in trouble at least. <laughs> <laughs> what can we not, do? Yes, he's eating the, the prime minister, but he has <laughs> diplomatic immunity. There's we just have we to hope. Do. We just have to hope that the prime minister can. Pull, drag himself away before too much of him gets eaten. The police are not. I can't step in. We have no power here. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Yeah. Diplomatic yeah. immunity. You can't contract a disease. He actually can't die from disease because of his diplomatic immunity. 
He can breathe underwater. Well, I... Because <laughs> he has diplomatic immunity. Um, so why? Because he's... A, because <laughs> he's immune to also pain. I get no. I guess. Um, I guess death. Death. Immune he's immune to, to the death. need for for oxygen. Diplomatic. That's. I think you're thinking of diplomatic immortal. Immortal. Immortality. immortality. I was thinking of that. I was getting it confused. Yeah, you were. You made one of the classic mistakes. Mm. Imagine that. Imagine you. You ask for immunity, diplomatic immunity. From a genie, oh, and then oh, you no. go and jump off a building. You go, I finally got it, and you go jump off a building, and then, and then the, you know, <laughs> the genie says something like, "I don't know, oh, not the first time that's happened." <laughs> I think the idea it's that you don't need a genie in this situation, right? <laughs> it's a situation where somebody. Is a they've been appointed uh, a consul general to a different country. They yeah. show up. They're told on the as as they're in their as part of their induction that they've got diplomatic <laughs> immunity. They're so excited they go and leap headfirst out the second story window, <laughs> <laughs> smashing their head open on the ground and dying instantly. And then you're like, oh, and the people are like. It happened again. <laughs> we gotta work. We gotta. We gotta finesse how we deliver this information. <laughs> I guess that's the problem. Is that you know when you're when you're studying international relations to become a diplomat, mm. that's the that's the one thing they don't really need to cover because that's not important on the job. Yeah. You know, it would it would be kind of a you know it'd be crazy for a university to tell you. And by the way, you can commit <laughs> any crime you want once you get over there, right? You know, and so then they, they don't bother teaching you that. And then you get on the job and you're like, this is the whole reason I've been wanting to do this job. Mm. People just in class before, you know, university finishes their work. And we do, and just double checking, once we get the job, we do get diplomatic immunity, right? And he goes, yes. And that's it. That's, that's how they, they never get clarified. I think you never see this. You never see dudes in, in, in movies who've got immortality. You never see them jumping out of buildings and landing on their heads. But they could, couldn't they? They could Wait, do that. Guys in what? Guys in movies. Yeah. Right, who have who are immortal. You yeah. never see them enjoying that forbidden fruit. I mean that is if you were leaping immortal. At, onto concrete from a really high yeah. level and landing on your head. They always like still sort of land in a cool superhero pose or something. But I wouldn't yeah. do that. I know, but if you if that was your one superpower, was immortality, yeah. right? And you didn't have any other powers, but you were involved in crime fighting, you could yep. wait for somebody to, to walk underneath you, <laughs> under, you know, at the bottom of a building, and then you jump down. Yes. And you land on them. Yeah, head, head first. first, though. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's how you guide yourself. That's how you know where you're going, you know? Mm. I love it. Yeah, you I could wear a little great... wingsuit. They call him the Brick. Oh yeah, I think there probably is one guy called the Brick. I was because when I was thinking of like this this comic guy, who, you know, like an, an immor- I was always I, I think I like the idea of just a guy who floats through space for you know like millions of years and then eventually yeah. gets to like another planet. 
and then leads more lives. But there's just that kind of like that, this suffering and the think, you know, and the waiting would just be so hard. But then I guess you would, you know, like there would be interesting conversations you'd have with yourself during that time. But there'd also be bits where you'd get sucked into a sun, you know, and mm. you would just spend like millions of years in a sun or billions of years in a sun until that star exploded. Yeah, I my fear is that you might get you know you might get one exploding situation, but or you know, but but then the lifespan of the universe wouldn't be long. Like the chance of you of you intersecting with another habitable planet so low. I think you probably yeah. would spend all your time just floating or in the heart of a sun. There's a possibility, but we're if we're made up of stuff already that was that used to be part of other stars. Yeah. Yeah, you know. That, I mean, and that dust, and he would get part, and he would, he would eventually get to the end of the universe, whatever that is. Mm. Like you know, like he would get, as in when the universe either collapses or, or whatever, and then he would be, he would exist for whatever comes next. If there is, do you think? There. Do you think that the immortality that he's got is the kind where you can continue to live after I'm the universe has ceased to be? I'm saying it does. But I'm imagine like you've got the power to make that decision because you're but the imagine one who came like, up with the idea. <laughs> imagine if you like, you're on the dating scene, right? And you go on a date with somebody, and it's somebody who's just been through that, yeah, through one other universe, and then they finally encountered another planet, and then they yeah. arrive and they're like, "Well, I'm gonna might take up dating again," and that's the person you go on a date with, and they they would just have like a. I reckon they would have a bit of a stare about them. <laughs> thousand yard stare. Yeah. Thousand They've light year stare. Shit. Thousand yeah. light year stare. Yeah. I think that's uh-huh. a good... I think that's a sketch. I think the dating show in which he's been floating through space for billions of years and he's just... He's just trying... I mean, it's a, actually, it's a good... It's a good concept for a sitcom, Right. He's yeah. been floating through space for billions of years. He's crash-landed on Earth, okay, and he's just ready to start dating again. I'd love to see <laughs> that play out. His trials yeah, okay. and tribulations, trying to find the right one who he can really connect with. Who, yeah, who could, you know, because also he would have had, whenever the last time he was on a planet, you know, he would have had, you know, 10,000 relationships. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that were that might have been lifelong for the other p- partner. Yeah, I think you it's know, good. he's, he's think a bit of a serial monogamist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I had something I wanted to say. Oh no! Oh, and also so just to make it Christmassy, that guy is Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus. There you go, crashing oh. to earth. Alistair, mm, it's gone. Um, was it about this guy floating through space? Was it about dating and relationships? Was it about finding the one? Was it about that magpie that I'm looking at over there? No. I'm really disappointed in myself. Andy, you must be have a brain failure have you been sitting on any toilet seats recently <laughs> that hasn't come up for a while got a, 
You haven't got a disease from one of them? Early on, I ha- I don't have this problem. I don't think about this anymore, Alistair. But early on, when Al and I got to know each other, how long ago now? 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. We, uh, one of my things was that whenever I had a bit of brain fade or when I wasn't firing well mentally or forgot, forgot something, I had a bit of paranoia. I used to be quite paranoid about catching some kind of disease, some sort of brain disease of a toilet seat. That would that would affect my my mental capacity, and that I think I'd had had read something about the possibility for herpes to get into your brain. I think that's what I was mostly Ooh, afraid of. Sure, but I herpes just sticks around. But I think we've all got the herpes virus in some form. Right. Um, you've already got it. It just depends on which which version and which bit it's in. Mm. You know, I mean, Andy, that used to be, you used to talk about that when, before you, your constant state of being was brain fade. Yeah. Yeah, well, now I know why. There's nothing left. Why? Yeah. You just got nothing I'm, left? I've got nothing left. I'm a what husk. Happened to the, what happened to the Mother Christmas pooping? Batteries. I think I wrote that down. Wait, I'll just write that down. Mother Christmas. What about um, a sketch in which you could give the greatest gift of all for Christmas, which is forgiveness. Or possibly... The greatest greatest gift of all, Easter. Easter. (laughs) Imagine that you give somebody, and it's a portal directly to Easter. Straight to Easter. (laughs) There aren't any Easter movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but what about Hop? Is that an Easter movie? Yeah. There is an Easter movie... Doesn't yeah, sound as good, you. does it? Doesn't sound as... <laughs> uh, doesn't sound as significant, as momentous. Yeah. Now, how would we make There Isn't Any Easter Movie a Christmas movie? Mm. <laughs> well, I think you just did it with a thing where you could give somebody a portal. A portal to Easter. Yeah, but that's that's making a Christmas movie into an Easter movie. Um, actually, there oh, even no. is a movie called, I think it's not Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's the something of the Guardians, which is like Santa and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and Jack Frost. Wow. And sort the, of like a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. And there's also the Sandman, and they're all kind of like protecting Earth from some guy who you know, has dark powder and he creates nightmares and stuff like that. Um, and, yeah, and so then they've kind of, they, they tried to make a sort of Holidays Extended Universe. <laughs> the Holidays Extended Universe. That is what that is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Like the uh, I Lose My Teeth holiday. Yes. Um, and, and then they kind of try to do it a little bit with the Nightmare Before Christmas is kind of like a, you know, there's portals to the different holiday kind of worlds. One of them is, you know, he's in the Halloween world, and then he goes out and he tries to go into the, he goes into the portal that takes him to the Christmas world. That's good. I'm glad they did that. It sounds like yeah. it's all under control. Yeah. I mean, we could do more. We could do sort of more like, you know, 
government-based holidays. You know, Labor Day, Quint King's birthday. It's weird that the government doesn't give us a present for Christmas. I feel like the government should give us a present for Christmas. I guess if they if they give us a you know if they give us a a day off, that shouldn't yes. be enough. No, that's no, not I'd... really in the spirit of Christmas. And I, what I think it should be is I think it should be either you're allowed to commit one crime, or you can be yeah. forgiven by the government for one thing. Right? You can get something. You can get something taken off your your permanent record. Yeah. Or what else does um, the government have power over? Uh, water. They'll shoot one thing into space for you. <laughs> yeah, I oh, see so that'd be Sketch good for us. on the moon. To get us... I know, but I think that we should just get something that broadcasts our sketches through space. Mm. In some okay. kind of universal language. Oh, that'd be great. Is anybody working on that? <laughs> mathematics? Would it be mathematics? Um, maybe. But I don't, I don't like that as much. You know, I want our sketches to just... I think maybe what we would do is we would release our sketches in about five to ten different languages. Sure. And then, and then have them playing like that. And then they should be able to figure it out from based on that. That should what be enough data points. I think I agree. so. It does feel like once you've got about three languages, something in about three languages, you should be able to work, triangulate it. Yeah. Meaning. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder whether that's a thing. Whether, like, you go, oh, like, like maybe if we were getting signals from planets, you got to separate them to see, you know, a few of the different signals. And you go, oh, that's what they were doing. They were giving us uh, three data points so that we can reinterpret the same thing. It's the same thing, but it's said in three different ways. And then you could figure out what it is. It feels right, but I feel also... But on intellectually, I can guarantee to you that that's not possible. <laughs> No. I don't know. It depends on how simple some of the things are. I think any any situation, any movie or anything where you receive data, yeah, they receive something in an alien language and they're able to decode it without knowing the language is impossible. There's no way. That's why that that was such a good idea with that wind talkers thing in the World War Two, where they used people speaking a Native American language yeah, instead of a code. That. Such a good idea. Yeah. We should do that all the time. That should be what the in, all internet encoding is. You should have yeah, a, a Cherokee, Cherokee gentleman in your, in your, living in your house. Even, even, even the word the Cherokee has, has the word key in it. Which is great. We spell it C H E R O K E Y, and every household has oh, a wind yes. talker. Do we and have to ask wanted, them if that's okay? When you want to, yes, we'll ask them, obviously. But when you want to search for something in incognito mode, you just whisper your search to a Cherokee gentleman. Yes. Say, <laughs> disgusting pornography, please, and then he <laughs> types it into the into the search engine in the. In, in his language. In that language, yeah. And then, he's, and then somebody else, it goes to somebody else who's doing And they look it up. And they, they look, look it, up, it up. And then they describe it to him in Cherokee. <laughs> and he describes it to you in English. <laughs> and, oh, you masturbate. 
And then finally, no one would know about no all these know. horrible things that you do to yourself and what you look up. Only, only, really, only one, maybe two people more than currently do will know. So it's almost a good solution. What's the, what's that word for that kind of internet VPN? It's a v, it's a, it's an alternative to VPN. It really adds the virtual to the virtual private concept. It's a virtually yeah. private network. Virtually private. It's just you and two Iroquois uh, elders who know. <laughs> it's just like the thing is like you know. Uh, having it be elders as well means like you know the respect that in their culture comes towards them for being elders and the horribleness of the job that they are now forced to do yeah i mean this is not forced i think it yeah i think this is potential to be a deeply problematic sketch that we regret very soon if not immediately i know but you know what they could do is you know you could easily change it into being a group of people that uh, people don't feel sensitive about. You know, like you could the Swedes. Yeah, you can make it the Swedes. You could make it. Uh, mm. You know, people. I've 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 been seeing since I've been mentioning to people about speaking French from Quebec. I've been seeing a lot more of that of that like judgment that other French people have towards Quebec people, and I haven't realized Where, that I'm from from, from from French people. Like, people from, yeah, yeah, from everywhere else in the world who speak French, they think that Quebec French is stupid and sounds sounds weird and bad. That's probably <laughs> the it? way people feel about Australian English, right? I think you've just got a double whammy of being a, a looked-down-upon colony. I know, but I don't think, I don't think it's exactly, I think maybe the English from England do, but the Americans love the Australians, it seems. Right. They kind of look at it in some, you know, a little bit more. I mean, look, any broad statement like this does not. It, it well, I think mine make... still stands then because it's the English from the, England yes, who I are s- the. In, yes, I suppose if everything is true, then yes, your stand, your your still stands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alistair. I reckon it's time for three Christmas words for a Christmas listener. A Christmas okay. Well, our this this um. Christina? I tried to pick the listener with what I felt Christina, was the Christmas the Christmas the Christmas listener with what I felt was the the Christmas Christmas Christmasiest name, <laughs> and so I went for Christmas. Bjorn Hop. Bjorn Hop. That's extremely Christmassy. It feels Christmassy. Doesn't it? it feels like it's like it's within a five kilometer radius of where Santa was created. Mm. I mean, it's a little bit eastery as well with that hop. That's true, yeah. And the Bjorn part almost sounds like Jesus being Bjorn. This is possibly the most the... festive name I've ever heard. Yeah, and it's and I went two... to school with a guy called Richard Christmas. And wow, and it's got an umlau on it, which it feels like either Santa Claus or Christmas should have on it. Mm. Anyway, I completely agree. So, um, would you like to guess what the first word is? Mm. <clears throat> okay, the first word. Now, these might not be Christmassy words. Okay. We've just got a Christmassy name. Is that right? Sure. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's up to you. You you do okay. what you think. Okay, well then the first word I'm going to guess is bauble. Okay, let me just see here. Uh, now the first word, Andy, unfortunately is divination. Divination, that's quite Christmassy. Uh, yeah. Divination. <laughs> kind of Christmas. <laughs> um, uh, el- elucidation. Elucidation is the second elucidation oh god that's a good guess Andy unfortunately the second word is chicken (laughs) divination chicken bone the last one you're saying is chicken is bone bone because I think you know when you're divining when you're doing water divining you actually want a stick that is shaped quite a lot like a wishbone which is kind of a Y shaped bone and I think that's a great solution if you were trying to divine for underground chickens yes Unfortunately, the third word is bauble. Uh, what is it? Bauble. It's not, though. What is it, really? Eh? Well, it is bauble, because because Bjorn Hop asked me to make whatever your first wrong <laughs> answer was. The third word. I don't think that's fair. I don't think well, that's fair. I don't think you're allowed to do that. I know there eh? aren't any rules to this, but that feels like it's cheating. And it's Andy, really I'm really mean. sorry, but I, it's really I gave Bjorn, Andy, I gave Bjorn Hop diplomatic immunity. <laughs> so even if it's not allowed, he can do it. <laughs> um, all right. So we got chicken. Do you think if you were cheating on your beloved and you had diplomatic immunity, you could tell her, well, I'm sorry, I'm allowed to. I have diplomatic um, immunity. Oh, what's that word? The, there is a word that sounds like diplomatic that is... That is marriage, right? Um, marital? Marital? Diplo, dipl, dipl. Diplomatic. A word. Diplodocus? No, not diplodocus. Uh, romantic. Ma- romantic? It's got an ick on the end. Uh, no. Um, there is another. Not matrimonial. Maybe I was thinking of matrimonial. No, okay. I feel like uh, no. romantic was closer. What about uh, epiphone? Epithalamic. <laughs> might have been epithalamic. Conjugal? Yeah. I think conjugal was what I was conjugal. thinking Conjugal. You might have been thinking of conjugal. Yeah, it doesn't sound anything like diplomatic, though. Not really, though. No. What about con- connubial? Nuptial? Nuptial immunity. Wedding. Mm. Hymenial? No. Hy- Hymenial is probably what I was thinking, Andy. Yeah. Either that or... <laughs> Epithalamic. <laughs> All right, Epithalamic. I'll see. Come I think on. It was epithalamic. Eh? Come on. All right. So. So. Um, the word. What were the words again? Divination, uh, chicken, divination, bauble. chicken, and bauble. I mean, I think the idea of it, you know, the idea that you could hold a chicken, and that somehow, as you walked around where it po- and you followed where it pointed his head, its head. Yeah. And then Absolutely. it would lead you to something. You can, you could, you can complete, you could completely convince people that 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 they had some ability to detect something. Is it cancer? And then gold. Yeah, well, because then, because then you could do that thing as well uh, to prove it by saying, "Look at this," and because like now, th- it must be this way because you know how like you can move a chicken's body and then its head. And they will keep stay their head the pointing spot. in the same direction. This is a really good one, Alistair. We're onto something here. Mm. Yes. We could start this an entire chicken-based wellness 
mm. uh, regime. And then occasionally it would look away, you know, like it would have to just want to look at something, you know, like a bug might fly by or something like that. Mm. Mm. There's got to be at least ten and reasons that's good. why that's a chicken the would move its head. That proves the rule. But that's right. But, but yeah, if we can get it to do that thing where it doesn't, it doesn't move and it just keeps looking at the same thing, man. Mm. Yeah, that's I know, but great. I think, I think that there'd be times when it would, you know, like we're talking two different modes. We're talking the mode when you're like trying to find the area, and then you kind of, pr then you have your I'm proving to the people that this is really working mode when you start moving the body around and the head stays mm. in the same place. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you then perform surgery with a chicken? A medical grade chicken, obviously. Or like as in, I mean, it'd be, it'd be very clever if you could, you know, in your fingers have a little like, a little blade, a kind of little razor blade like that. And you can make a little cut and then pop a little, little dry corn into the wound. <laughs> and then just have, you know, just as a bit, a bit of sleight of hand. And yeah. then have the chicken peck at the thing. Make yeah. it seem like it's really doing something there. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta make it seem like the chicken's doing something. Yeah. You gotta cool. make it seem like this, because you know, if you, the chicken doesn't do enough, people mm. are not going to be willing to people separate with their money. Yeah. Yeah. I think because for some also... reason you've set it up where you where you're paying afterwards, like a restaurant. <laughs> I think there's a good movie, a good scene in a movie, and a mo maybe an M Night Sh Shyamalan movie, right? Shyamalan? Shyamalan? Yeah. Uh, where um, all the chickens in the world start facing in the same direction. Oh, wow. For some reason. People just start to notice that all chickens have turned to face the same direction. Now, I don't know how that works on, a, on, an, er on an earth that is essentially a sphere. I don't know what that means. Are they, chicken are they all looking up into space? Or I think... I but there's just a great scene in which somebody is able to... Um, using data from chickens all over the world mm. extend and like, d determine the point the spot uh, where all the chickens are looking and then like they there's, send, a, tr there's a trend in where ch chickens are looking and it's all focusing in on one spot exactly so like some chickens right. would just be looking down at the ground yeah 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 looking through the core of the earth yeah and w I guess we go there for some oh, reason yeah. we go you know, we go and find that spot, and then what happens? And you ca you're carrying a chicken in your hands as well to just kind of guide yeah, you like that, a compass. <laughs> that would be really good, actually. That would be awesome if if all chickens did face the same direction for some reason, and then we could use them for navigational purposes. And you needed to have yeah. a chicken on you at all times as a kind of yeah. And, I mean, you could actually actually use it for navigation, even if you're going to other places, because you just mm. need to figure out where your goings uh, like relative. To, to, to where the chicken's looking. Yeah. Essentially, the chickens become a sort the of compass. a little needle floating in, in water. Yeah. But, I mean, you want to be carrying your chicken around like that. Um, it's maybe not even that interesting, really, now that you put it like that. You know, <laughs> where now well, that a chicken's just become a compass. I know, okay, but it's still useful. It's still interesting in the fact that we don't know why the chickens are doing that. Well, we send the, the army there, right? There's this huge expeditional force there's a big force maybe it's in space maybe it's on the moon right and we do yeah. this elaborate huge thing where we like we've got to go find out what all the chickens are looking at right and we spend billions of dollars and we blast off with this massive force of, of 
you know, military and science-based people, and they all go and they land on the moon, and when they get there, there's just a, a, a bit of corn. <laughs> it's just yeah. one bit of corn. All the chickens were looking at it for some reason. It's a, it's a really nice there. caterpillar. I know, but then there's still the question of what is special about this piece of corn? Well, why? Maybe. Well, how did it get there? Mm. But maybe there is nothing you know, interesting about that. There's no interesting answer. There's no Andy, way to find Andy, it. Andy, Andy, there's no interesting answer about there's how no, a piece of it, corn... The answer's really mundane. They find out the answer and it's not interesting. <laughs> I know, but how did the chickens know? It, it, I, how can you... However it is, it's not interesting. It's not interesting. Oh, I think that uh, has something about that to me. The idea that you could find a piece of corn on the moon... And it's not interesting. The answer for how it got there. I wonder if you could find up, uh, find a, find a, a, a prosaic, a non-interesting answer to that question. Because that sort of, in a way, is what science does, right? There's yeah. something miraculous in the universe, like a, yeah. like a, like a rainbow, or you know, um, yeah, or like, quantum you know, like interference a, a, of the Young's double slit experiment, and then they just find up number of a scientific explanation. Of... And it's just boring. <laughs> yeah, yes. some bursts that come from some faraway star system that is like repetitive and seems yeah. like it's, you know mathematical. Seems exactly in some way. like a, a a message from an alien civilization. They find it. They always find some way to make it seem really dull. Yeah, it's the same with this bit of corn still on the, the moon bit and with all the chickens. All, all the chickens, and I mean, I I do like this idea because I do like the idea of like a a film that is all about taking the magic out of stuff. Mm, thank you. <laughs> you know, that does kind of re- reproduce the uh, the scientific process. But then, why are all the chickens all looking in one direction towards the moon? And then they, they, then they go, well, it turns out it wasn't, didn't have anything to do with the moon. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a virus. It was like a chicken <laughs> plague. <laughs> yeah, and, I think that's good. So then, I remembered my thing from earlier that I was trying to think of, and this may yeah. not be anything, but it was how... May, I, I'm imagining, like, a J.K. Rowling situation where, like, she's problematic, right? And I was also thinking of a cross between that and the Britney Spears situation where she was in... Her, her people, you know, some people in her life decided that she wasn't trust able to be trusted with her own decision-making yeah. she had that conservatorship. I was thinking of a situation in which fictional character people people creatives who are too probo lose the uh, have have the intellectual property or have the um, have have their cr- uh, fictional characters um, the control of them and their fictional universes taken over by a conservatorship right so you're like sorry you are no longer allowed to be in charge of this character okay it's going to be in, char- in the in in the safe hands of a team of lawyers or something like that, you know, and and they are the ones. So which who which now character? Play. Sorry, I'm thinking. But this you know, is like somebody Potter, losing control, right? Yeah. Okay. So they're like, okay, J.K. Rowling, you don't no longer get to make any decisions. You can you can maybe mm. still write the books, but you have to do it under the guidance of a legal team who will <laughs> make all the decisions. Or, you know, um, uh, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, you've made two bad Indiana Jones movies now. Okay, you're no longer allowed to to do this. It's been decided in a court of law that you can't. You're not in a fit state to be you're in charge of these things. 
you're now under an Indiana Jones conservatorship. Yes. As I said, maybe this isn't interesting. No, I mean, I think if the film doesn't do well enough, at some point, the league, the legals need to get involved. Mm. Yeah, and maybe maybe the the fans get to take over. (laughs) The biggest fan gets to take over. Maybe the fans get to control his body and mind. (laughs) George Lucas's or someone else? Yeah, like 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 as in, they somehow there's a there's a computer system that allows Mm. a group of fans to act like individual neurons. Yeah, oh, that's good. Hive mind. Yeah, hive mind, and then they can make decisions in that kind of way. Mm. Now, I feel like I saw something on the internet years ago where that was kind of happening, and I don't remember if it had any success, but um, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, we've done the episode, Alistair. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll just write character conservatorship. Or ship, like, what's her name? Um, um, J.K. Rowling. Potter. Oh, yeah, J.K. Here it is, J.K. Rowling and Harry. Hmm. Okay, mm. Andy, that is the episode. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Bjorn Hopp, for being the best Chris- Christener. I, thought, I don't think we could have had um, a more Christmassy listener uh, for this episode. And also, uh, J.K. Rowling has her ability to control Harry taken away um, while sitting in a sleigh. Okay, so the first sketch, Andy, and this is in inverted commas, uh, is corrugation is causation. Yes. Somebody who (laughs) Really good. Really good. My favorite one. Guy who thinks corrugation. (laughs) Uh, Then we've got evolution kill the full, the full G-spot, the full G-spotted rectum. Yeah, that was a real, um, listen to this with your uh, ceramics class sketch idea. What was that? Remember the person, the listener who played the podcast for their ceramics class and it was oh, one yeah, where they yeah, talked yeah. about something real fucked right really early on in the episode? Yeah. That's what I that's what I think about every time we have a messed up sketch way too early in the anyway, it's fine. <laughs> it's good. You need you need the whole ceramics class to get adjusted to how we talk and who exactly. we are before we launch into something We've vulgar win about some body trust. parts. Yeah. Um, then we've got uh, comedian going to the moon so that he can be as edgy as he likes. That's my um, favourite one. That actually yeah. is. You've already said that about two <laughs> sketches on this. We yeah, well, the first one I was joking. Okay, great. Then we've got the blood blister and regular bris- blister Christmas Santa <laughs> oh, outfit no. for work Christmas. I think that might be my favourite one. <laughs> then we have... Andy Blood is a Christmas songwriter. Old man finally gets most <laughs> listened to song of the year, but reveal that they're the last two people. Yeah, good. Um, then we've got Father Christmas puns. Film execs trying to come up with film ideas. Then we've got um, diplomatic immunity guy eats prime minister. Police can't do anything. <laughs> Uh-huh. Immortal, immortal guy 
who jumps headfirst off of buildings as a as a, you know as a superpower to use you know as a way to fight crime. I and think have, also I, the diplomatic immunity sketch in which the ambassadors all throw themselves out of the window because for some reason oh, yeah. they mistakenly think that diplomatic immunity means they can't die. Oh yeah, there is also, I have written that down, I forgot to read it. Diplomatic immunity guy jumps out of window, dies. And then it says, it happened again. <laughs> then we have dating show with guy who is immortal and has lived billions of years. Yep. Um, then we have, and he's looking for love. He's ready to try again. He's ready to try again. He's beautiful. He, thinks, he believes in marriage. <laughs> the institution of marriage. I think it'd be really interesting to picture a guy like that who is also very conservative. Mm, oh, yeah. Um, then you have Mother Christmas, battery pooping Mrs. Claus. I mean, you know, you get the point. Um, we got having a Cherokee person uh, you whisper your porn terms to, <laughs> and they describe it. They, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um,. Then we have a new chicken scam using chickens to find uh, tumors or other stuff. You kind of get the point of that one. Mm. Then we got the M. Night Shyamalan movie where all the chickens start looking in the same direction. Uh, but we find out why, over the film, why it's all mundane um, and not interesting at all in the way that science does. Mm. And then we have the character conservatorship where directors lose, like, like J.K. Rowling, you know, writers and directors lose control over their characters because they've either become insane or they've not made enough good stuff with them. You know, like, like it's like what um, George Lucas kind of did to himself. He's just like, well, I'm not going to yeah. make any more good stuff or stuff that people are going to like with this, so you just take over. And give me $2 billion. $2 billion. <laughs> You ever seen those those things where it's like those videos where it's just like uh, George Lucas appears in the background of this of this yeah, documentary? It's, it's my favorite genre of media. <laughs> yeah, and then like or just just like photos of him eating in a food court. Yeah, yeah. And it's just amazing, like because he just looks like a, such a normal man, mm. but he launched like you know the biggest franchise the world has ever seen. Yeah. Anyway, I think that why does he make about, films like, now? coming up with it uh, I think he might have been involved in the new Indiana Jones film I think that's why I said that but maybe not oh. maybe he wasn't but I think um, there's something about that thing where like you find out that it's a boring explanation for the chicken chicken looking thing mm. that is kind of what the twist is that if, at the end of a fair few M. Night Shyamalan movies like there's that one The Village where it's like oh there's mm. all this creepy shit happening in the woods and oh it turns out that it was the parents doing it to keep the kids scared from leaving this you know cult like community or something you know it's like quite oh, a, in right. the end it's quite you're like you're like oh the world is full of weird mysterious possibilities and then at the end it's like oh no wait it's actually just a normal explanation it's quite boring but then he also does that other kind of film where it's the sixth sense and it was like it turns out ghosts are real and that's not boring yeah it's it's the magic and things like that mm. um yeah right I, yeah, I hadn't watched the ones where it's there's nothing uh, magical yet. So, but I think he um, did release a new one, which with a cabin maybe. A cabin, eh? Yeah, a cabin this time instead of a full village. He's just getting to smaller and smaller things. <laughs> you know, then right, he'll probably do go. a thing about 
the oh the, the the grain of sand that makes you horny that kind of thing instead of the beach that makes you old. <laughs> all right, Alistair, let's go. Um. All right. Um. Thank you very much for listening to the Thick Tank. Two in, two in the one horse open sleigh. Uh, yeah. Two in the snow bank. Uh, two well, two in the snow it. tank. Yeah. <laughs> what about... <laughs> yes. Oh, we did it. You know what's bad is that George Lucas gets credits for as a writer on almost everything that's made that has that has Star Wars in it. Yeah, he does. So then his IMDb is useless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course, because he hasn't actually... Yep. Yeah, well, that's what you've got to do. You just come with a bit of IP and you just, you know, you just sort of all over everything. He's sort yeah, of like the Genghis Khan of IP. You know, Genghis Guy P. Genghis Guy P. Um, I gotta go before I keep saying stupid shit. So yep. Bye. Um, Thank bye you, everybody. Thank and you. we take care. Have a really good Christmas. You. Love you. And Christmas. Bye. Ding, ding, ding. And to all a good night. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.